So my birthday is July 22nd, Dax is the 29th, so his is a week after mine. Oh, it's stuck to my finger. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott right there trying to wrap a gift for his quarterback, Dakota Prescott, those of you watching on YouTube. I wouldn't say that Zeke has a future in professional gift wrapping. First episode of Hard Knocks was last night. Welcome to Interesting to See Your Daily Sports Podcast News Narrative Takes Gambling. Just basically what people are talking about. I'm trying to scroll Twitter for you and Reddit and all of that. Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about a hockey player that's changing the game for money purposes. It could be relevant for the NBA and baseball, probably not for the NFL. Going to get into some ratings and the NFL ratings and uh, Olympic ratings and all of that. But we're going to start with the first episode of Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks premiered last night on HBO. The unofficial official start of football season is HBO's Hard Knocks. It is cool. The idea is correct. Like, they want to put cameras there. I used to work for NFL Films. The, the footage that you don't see is much cooler. That's as far as I'll go on that. No reasonable person would believe that I am profiting off the NFL. Please don't sue me. It's really cool. Um, I like it. I'm, I, I have a take. Cowboys are going to be fun. They're going to give us more access. We're going to see some stuff, some, some highlights. If you didn't watch the episode, Jerry Jones, God, I hate billionaires sometimes. I watched a documentary once about how billionaires, they don't help out the system because they don't act like billionaires. Jerry Jones had a McGriddle for breakfast. He took the bun off and then he put salt on the McGriddle and then he ate it. Bro, get a chef. Like, employ more cooks. I don't, a McGriddle? No disrespect to McGriddles, best hungover food that's available publicly. I do not at me. It's not Taco Bell. It is the McGriddle. Other highlights from uh, Hard Knocks, Mike McCarthy. Well, tr tried to find a, you ever see a situation where somebody's trying to work something into a conversation? He tried to find a reason to play a clip of Austin Powers and he said, Mojo moments. Like, okay, this is not going to be good. Usually, Hard Knocks creates a lot of hype for a team. Like, oh, they're going to be better than you think. I actually think this might be the opposite. <laughs> I think that the Cowboys might falter a little bit. They do have some absolutely filthy weapons on offense. CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott, if he's healthy, he might be hurt. Who knows? Zeke Elliott and uh, who's the other receiver? Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Like, they have good players. Their offensive line are cool, uh, full of like probably Hall of Famers. They're probably at least two on the O-line now with uh, Zach Martin, uh, Tyron Smith. It's cool. Like, I mean, I like it. Football's back. We're like a month away as of yesterday from the first professional football game. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. I don't mind that kind of thing uh, at all. Okay, I want to talk about ratings, speaking of the NFL and how the NFL is the god of our life. So, we'll start with the NFL ratings and we'll get into the Olympics. The NFL's Hall of Fame game averaged 7.3 million viewers. That's the average throughout the whole thing. So, an a Stanley Cup playoff game averages 2.9 American, uh, 2.9 million American viewers, and I'm assuming 30 million Canadian viewers. LOL, ha ha ha! Canada loves hockey. The World Series is around nine. NBA Finals is around nine. A preseason game, the preseason game, and granted, it was Steelers and Cowboys. Preseason game, 7.3 million viewers. That means the C plus effort from the NFL in an Irrelevant game averaged as much almost as the NBA and World Series and hockey. It blew hockey out of the water. That is absurd. So I'm sure the NFL would really like to recuperate the tens of millions each team lost last year from local revenue. That's ticket sales, etc. The story is not the same for the Japan Olympics. The Tokyo Olympics had the worst ratings of all time, down 40 
2% from the Rio de Janeiro Olympics in 2016. They're going to blame the challenges posed by COVID. I think that that has not that much to do with it. I think people are kind of bored by the Olympics. I will say that as a viewer, I don't know how you guys feel. I think the Olympics and college football are the two sports that for me that were so much more boring without fans. Like the fans in the crowd and get to seeing parents and girlfriends and spouses react in real time. That was part of it for me. Now, Americans don't watch. Some of the most famous athletes from America didn't go. Certain golfers, Serena Williams, I don't think she qualified. And if she did, I don't know that she goes. A lot of people didn't go. But to drop 42% for me, I think that's a time zone thing. I don't know. But there's streaming and nobody knows exactly how to count streaming numbers. Nobody knows when anything was on. However, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, there are reports suggesting that it's going to have made plenty of dollars. So the Rio games averaged 26 million viewers in primetime. London was at 31 million. Beijing was at 27. So it went Beijing 27 up to 31 in London and down to 26 for Rio. So maybe it's not a time zone thing. Uh, I'm not sure at all, but 42% drop. Uh, that, what, that's what, 17 million? That's unbelievable. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, $1.1 billion for the Tokyo games. I, 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 I don't know what to make of this. I think that because COVID pushed NBA and NHL stuff back, people were kind of, they didn't need sports during the summer the way they normally do. Like usually we're so bored in the summer, we need the Olympics. But this year, I don't think that's true because we had the NBA and the NHL. And then you turn around, you have NBA and NHL trade stuff happening, um, free agency and all of that. Two free agents moves that we want to discuss one of which is from the NBA, one of which is from the NHL. Both are from Eastern Europe. We'll start in the NBA with Luka Doncic. Many suggest that when all of these golden era NBA players retire, I'm talking people like LeBron, Durant, Chris Paul, all of those guys, when they're out, Luka will be the king. Him and Giannis will stand alone as by far the best basketball players in the world. Who knows? He does look very good. He could stand to lose a few pounds. He got drunk on Slovenian wine after signing a $207 million contract. Forget how many years it is. It's probably not a lot. I would guess maybe seven. Not crazy. But the crazy part is, is spending that money. You're rich and you're going to drink wine from Slovenia. Slovenia probably does have good wine. I don't know. Where's Slovenia? It's by, by Italy, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a very famous Lake Bled. A lot of people love Lake Bled. You've seen Lake Bled because it's on your rotating screensavers if you've got Microsoft devices. But man, I don't, I mean, it's, Italy's like right there, dude. Just get some good stuff. Congrats to him. Shouts to guys that get their money. Uh, the Game Changer contract came from the NHL. His name is Kirill Kaprizov. He won Rookie of the Year. I'm not sure where he's from. Uh, in, in Russia, he's, he's obviously from, from Russia. He, the way that the NHL contracts work is he might not make his NHL debut during the duration of his rookie contract. So if you get drafted when you're 18, you come to North America or you stay in Europe, then they call you over and you play in the minors. He gets called up toward the end of his contract. He has the opportunity to become an unrestricted free agent or excuse me, a restricted free agent or arbitration or the team can re-up him. The Minnesota Wild kind of control his situation, but they don't have his rights yet. Like he needs to figure out a contract. The only thing that can happen is I don't think he can play in the NHL. So what he's doing is saying, I'm Russian and I swear to God, if you don't give me the crazy amount of money that I'm clearly worth as the rookie of the year on a terrible team, let's get a picture of him. He looks like a generic hockey player. Look at him. If you're on YouTube, like his teeth are missing or is, or is that just a fang? <clears throat> Maybe his teeth aren't missing. The wild jerseys are sick. Love them. Uh, yeah. So he's, he's basically saying, I'll go back to Russia, dude. And we heard reports that it was CSK, one of the good Russian teams. They're offering him 10 million a year. And he would be by far the best player in Russia under the age of 25. 
why wouldn't you do it? I mean, he, he, you don't want to go home. He probably doesn't speak English very well. He wants to win the Stanley Cup for sure, but not to the tune of taking $5 million less per year. This isn't the NBA where it's like the difference between you know, $25 million a year and $20 million a year. It's the difference between 5 and 10. It's literally twice as much money. So he's, he's setting the precedent that, hey, if you don't pay me, I'm gone. There have been other young studs that have suggested that they would do this, but those people have been American or Canadian. Andreas Athanasiou from the Detroit Red Wings, he famously went and toured and like went over there and suggested he was going to sign. He eventually got a reasonable deal here from the United States, but uh, hockey is far more international than people think that it is. And if there's money, it's the KHL, the Continental Hockey League, which got a team in China, a team in Finland, a couple teams in various aspects of the former Soviet Union, it's a massive league. They pay a ton of money. They're trying to compete with the NHL for young studs, and this guy is Russian. So I hope that this causes the NHL to up their game. The NHL underpays its stars at a huge level, and I, you know, more money, more people want to do it. It's good for the NHL and good for him. Hey, they're billionaires, or at least 100 millionaires in, in Minnesota. Make them pay you your money. Pay your money. And we'll look at the uh, NFL right now. We're going to wrap up with an NFT uh, sale that actually, that blew my mind. But I want to talk about something that's going on in the NFL. Uh, apparently, the NFL's taunting is out of control. I don't know who let Karen in the NFL Rules Committee, but apparently taunting is going to be enforced more. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I do, I do hate that the NBA has become very WWE, and there's a lot more drama than there is basketball for a lot of these teams. And I suspect that the NFL is worried that, you know, people are there for the show and not for the football and they want to keep it about football. I think if you taunt during a play, maybe you should get a foul. But I, the idea is they're not going to change the rule. The rule has not been changed. It's too late for that. It's just going to be enforced quite a bit more. They've kind of let a lot of things happen. Most famously, I'm going to pull up the screen if you're on YouTube. During the Super Bowl, there was a, uh, an absolute dunk when Antoine Whitfield Jr. You can only see part of it on YouTube. My bad. I'll try to figure out how to fix that. But he defended Tyreek Hill, probably the best receiver in the NFL, and then he puts the peace sign right in his face. He got a, he got a flag for that, though. It's not like that wouldn't have been enforced. It wasn't enforced. Anybody that knows the backstory, well, Tyreek Hill, during a play, caught a touchdown en route to catching the touchdown while he had the ball. He kind of turned around and gave the peace sign to Winfield Jr. and whoever else was chasing him. So Winfield Jr. got revenge. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. I think in this situation, the original taunt would have been Tyreek Hill in week whatever it was with the peace sign behind him, that's going to be flagged. Excuse me, you need to cough there. That kind of stuff's going to be flagged more, I guess. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm annoyed that I have to talk about this or anybody else has to talk about this. It is annoying when your team gets taunted. It is sweet when your team taunts. I think we find the level where it's acceptable and we just let that happen. Because this kind of thing that happened in the Super Bowl, it was flagged, it was sweet, whatever. Don't want a bunch of showmanship and I don't want flopping. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't want flopping. And I think taunting leads to flopping. But, you know, what do I know? Big news for Michaela Maroney. Those of you that remember Michaela Maroney, she was a, a part of, I forget what they, they ended up calling themselves, the really epic gymnastics team from the London Olympics. She was one of the best vaulters of all time. She was there with Gabby Douglas and Ali Raisman. And she's famous for the picture of, uh, well, let's just call it RBF. Some of you out there know exactly what that is. Where she's kind of scowling and like 
she's got a very why the f am I here look on her face. Oh yeah, you've seen the gymnast when she's getting her medal and she's got that look on her face. Obama famously posed with her doing that face. Absolutely hilarious. That NFT is selling for a million dollars. Take a look at her. That's how I feel about you getting a picture taken of you and then getting the rights to sell it for a million dollars. Interesting to see. Back and better than ever tomorrow morning. Subscribe, rate, review. Appreciate it, guys.